Bill Clinton is being scrutinized, Goodyear Tires is being boycotted, and the Democratic National Convention is being ridiculed. I'm Josiah Ritson, and this is The Glorious Rescue. Here we are, another episode of The Glorious Rescue. Thank you so much to all of you as listeners for continuing to tune in and doing so. I don't really have any preliminaries for this episode. I want to jump right into the stories, other than I would say just your continued support, your listenership, possibly sharing the episode, leaving us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatnot. And then if you have any suggestions, maybe topics or subjects I haven't talked about yet in the day-to-day news or whether it be an end-of-show segment, maybe a certain speech, person, things like that, just let me know your recommendations so I can kind of filter through them as we continue on in the show. As I mentioned in this introduction, the first story is regarding Bill Clinton. A few episodes ago, I want to say it was several episodes ago, we kind of broke down a lot of the continuing developments with Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton and his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, who obviously we know was convicted for human trafficking crimes and things like that. Bill Clinton, after Epstein was was charged with these crimes, he came out or had a liaison come out and say that he knew nothing of Epstein's actions and that he was on Epstein's plane four, five times, I believe it was. And then the flight logs came out and found that he was on his plane for well over a dozen number of times. So there was that. But then also just recently, actually, the day he was supposed to speak at the Democratic National Convention, just about a day or two ago, a picture was released. I don't think it's necessarily anything indicting. I'll probably get a lot of criticism from people on this one, but it doesn't necessarily look like it. The individual uh, in the picture with Bill Clinton was a victim of Jeffrey Epstein, and uh, the picture wasn't anything obscene or anything like that. This individual was a victim of Jeffrey Epstein, an alleged victim, I should say. She was a 22-year-old, I believe it was, at the time, and this happened almost 20 years ago. So now she'd be about 40 years old. She has stated now in in an eyewitness report that Bill Clinton was a gentleman on this trip. She didn't know of any type of inappropriate conduct or anything like that. But she did not say the same of Epstein. So I do know there will be a lot of incriminating evidence against Bill Clinton. When a lot of these stories continue to develop, I don't necessarily think this is the one. So I think we should continue to move on. But I definitely wanted to give you that update, as I promised you I would, as we continue to move on into other items in the day-to-day news. This next story is regarding Goodyear Tires. So what was the issue? Well, according to a local news station in Topeka, Kansas, WIBW, they came out with a recent report where Goodyear Tires in a certain type of corporate training, a diversity type training, they had their their employees go through this training and in that training they listed acceptable messages for maybe clothing or posters or things like that, acceptable would be messages like Black Lives Matter and LGBT Pride. But the unacceptable items would be Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, any sort of reference to the Trump campaign, which would obviously be MAGA and Keep America Great, other political slogans, political figures, and things like that. It did take them about a day or two to respond. I believe it was that day or the next day that they gave a general statement and then follow up a day later after that. They came out with a specific remark about the incident, basically denying the training to be theirs, as in corporately owned by their company. But there's a serious issue here. This training is still what they're giving out to their employees. They are administering this type of training module to their employees. And now once it comes back to bite them, stating that it is not owned by them. Well, whether or not they own the training or it was created by their corporation, doesn't necessarily in any way address the fact that they're giving out the training. So 
I'm not even discussing whether or not they should be conducting the training. I'm just stating that that is kind of a dishonest statement, dishonest remarks and a way to kind of sidestep the issue. But now moving on to what the actual story was as they were conducting this training. Reportedly, one of the employees snapped a picture of this training course, uh, some sort of picture. And on one hand, it had the acceptable forms of messages, which were Black Lives Matter material and then LGBT pride material. And then on the other side, unacceptable behavior was political figures, political slogans, not even political slogans, just make America great again. Keep America great. And then all lives matter, blue lives matter. Those were unacceptable types of messages. Again, basically that day or the day after, they gave this general statement stating that their company believes in inclusion and diversity, but they also support law enforcement and they believe that they want to support people from all walks of life and etc. The basic general non-aggressive type message. But then after more pushback, they finally came out with more because there was a leaked slide, an audio file from the employer who was giving the training. This, I don't know if it was the employer or if it was just some sort of HR rep, but he gave this training. And in this training, we now have some of the audio file that takes it a step further. Here's what this same news station WIBW reports. It states, quote, some people may wish to express their views on social justice or inequity or equity issues such as Black Lives Matter or LGBTQ pride on their face coverings, shirts or wristbands. That will be deemed approved because it applies with a zero tolerance stance. The speaker said during the meeting then, however, if any associate wears all blue or white Lives Matter shirts or face coverings, that will not be appropriate. That's the point I want to dive into. Because they didn't say blue lives matter or all lives matter. Now they're saying white lives matter. That white lives matter is unacceptable, but black lives is. Now, I will say this might be a misspeak on behalf of the representative or the speaker or the trainer. It very well could be, but it very well could not be. And so, again, this goes down to the whole basis of now you are stating that certain races really are superior to others innately just because of their race. This is wrong. So this audio file that came out later was even more condemning of the company, obviously. I believe Trump was the one calling for a boycott. His type of personality would do so. And the news anchors followed thereafter, basically stating that Trump is the biggest proponent of cancel culture and all that. And that is just briefly what I wanted to mention to you. Kind of give you an update because you might be hearing different stories or rumors about what's going on, different portions and snippets of the story at Goodyear. But I just wanted to give you a brief overview, let you know what is going on before we jump into all the chaos that is the Democratic National Convention. First off, I just want to give a few prefaces, and that is very first of all, it was an absolute failure. It totally bombed. According to all the ratings on the show, views, whether it be live stream views or those those watching on cable TV or after the fact views, they absolutely failed. They failed in comparison to the 2016 Democratic National Convention, which it was completely virtual. So maybe some of that could be expected, but maybe the opposite was expected. Maybe they were expecting more turnout because it was completely virtual. But anyways, it was substantially lower than, than last election cycle, 2016. Not only that, but the ratings dropped a reported 42% from the very first night to the second night. And this was according to all the news networks. Obviously it was put out on ABC, CBS, NBC, all these different news facets. And the coverage dropped 42% after the first night. 
excuse me, 48%, 48% drop from the first night to the second night, 42% of a drop in comparison to 2016. So to conclude and to kind of give a more clear and concise answer, the ratings dropped, the views dropped 42% on that first Monday night in comparison to the first Monday night of the 2016 convention. So almost half the people were watching from 2020 in comparison to 2016. On top of that, half of those people, 48% of those dropped from the first night to the second night of this DNC. So huge drop-offs, ratings going down, falling off a cliff as they continued throughout the convention. Not only that, but I want to mention something else, and that is a few of the DNC caucuses omitted under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. I think this is um, pretty expected and yet very sad. There were two different caucuses at the DNC that omitted under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. One was the Muslim caucus, and the other was the LGBT caucus. Both of them obviously giving the pledge then being, quote, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The LGBT caucus and the Muslim caucus of the Democratic National Party removing under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. This is very readily admitted, I would say, to be purposeful. I don't think it was an accident. I don't think it was a misspeak. I think it's very obvious that it is on purpose, and it is very sad and unfortunate, but it is what we're seeing with the left, a continued forsaking of God. The next preface I want to give is that I do not want to hear Bill Clinton saying that President Trump is not really fit for the presidency. Nothing boils my blood more than to listen to Bill Clinton, of all people, say that Donald Trump is the one not fitting. He basically went on a very long rant stating that Trump does not fit the bill of who should fulfill the office of the presidency. That's just totally ridiculous. We already mentioned the, some of the developments with Bill Clinton. And it's completely ridiculous to me to think that former president Bill Clinton is now schooling Donald Trump on what is and what is not appropriate as president. Not only that, same with Barack Obama, basically getting up and now trashing President Donald Trump, stating he's unfit, he's basically a threat to our democracy, the usual left-wing things, that President Trump is just the worst thing to, that America's ever seen. To which President Trump correctly responded that he wouldn't even be president if President Barack Obama wasn't such an awful president, that he, President Trump himself, kind of liked this job before he became president. It was a very nice job and he enjoyed it. And he became president or ran for president. And the reason he is president is because of how poorly this nation was run, specifically under the Obama-Biden administration. But anyways, at the DNC, Joe Biden was pronounced the Democratic candidate for the presidency of the United States. I think that was pretty obvious. AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez nominated Bernie Sanders, and that was very heartwarming to see that she is doing everything she can to split the Democratic Party. And so this is good for the Trump campaign because all of the very radical left-wing followers, the Bernie supporters, the AOC supporters, they are just going to be driven further and further from that middle-of-the-road type left that Biden is trying to promote himself as that type of candidate. So it's good that the left would be divided and more and more divided, whereas the right, I believe, with recent current events, is becoming more united specifically in regards to government overreach with the coronavirus, riots, law enforcement. You really now have the right rallying under very prominent and mainstream principles like supporting law enforcement and going to church is okay. And items like these that are normally 
non-controversial. You have the right being able to unite over these basic items because the left is so divisive now and so really radical on the left. So this is a good thing for the election. Actually, recent developments, President Donald Trump has been very far trailing Joe Biden in polls for the last several months, and it's been a little bit unfortunate, a little bit disheartening. We obviously know that the polls are not very indicative of actual public taste, but a most recent poll, a CNN poll that just came out recently, found that President Trump is only four points behind Joe Biden. This is astronomical because he was behind Joe Biden 10, 15, 20 points in a CNN poll back in June, and now he's four points behind, which is much further ahead than Donald Trump was in the 2016 election. Not only that, but they readily admit under the poll that there's approximately a 4% margin of error. So when a CNN poll puts Joe Biden ahead by only four points, admitting a four-point margin of error, very strong promises, very good things coming forward with the election cycle. Just a last little note, I know I mentioned Joe Biden taking the cake for being the primary candidate for the Democratic Party, but then you also have Michelle Obama getting up, mocking Trump, basically stating that Trump is throwing people in cages, and what she's referring to are holding areas for illegal immigrants. Those areas put up by executive order under her husband, Obama's administration. So a lot of hypocrisy there. And then also on top of that, just one last note, that there is absolutely an enormous overflow of people railing on this convention here. People from all over the radical left, even to mainstream media anchors, people from all over all different walks of life, different political affiliations, just absolutely stating that it totally was a flop. And it really is, again, another good indicator of the 2020 election. So I wanted to inspire a little bit of hope in you as you continue to listen to the show, give you a little bit more excitement as we approach the 2020 election. And again, obviously an encouragement to vote as the polls start to open. And before we end this episode, I wanna have a quick segment of the vast past. The vast past, a segment where we go throughout history and we look at maybe political figures or famous figures or important figures, important books, ideas. But today we're gonna to be looking at parties, political parties, and how those respective political parties have handled and treated and formulated their opinions and platforms in regards to minority groups. I hope this will be a little bit enlightening to you. We will mention a few upfront, honest, blatant things, and then we're going to get into a little bit more of the mentality of each party and how those respective parties handle minorities differently. So for those blatant items, I just want to mention that the Republican Party was founded basically by the 16th president, I would say Abraham Lincoln, as an anti-slavery party. That's very well known, and there's no really debate on that whatsoever. And then I will say that the Democratic Party was the party of slavery in the 1860s and the party that was against the civil rights movement of the 1960s. And then, obviously, the quick solution for the Democrats to say is the big switch. We do not have a lot of time to cover in today's episode, but really the big switch is a big hoax. It didn't happen. It doesn't make any sense. And there's lots of controversies within it that we can get into and how it contradicts itself. But again, we will not discuss that in this. We could in another future segment, but in this episode, we're just going to briefly mention that it's a hoax. It's not true that the left, the Democratic Party, has been the party of forced slavery in the 1860s against civil rights in the 1960s. They voted against women's suffrage, the right to vote. They were the party forcing sterilization of the mentally ill. 
And they were those in contact in direct relation with the KKK, whereas the Republican Party was founded as an anti-slavery party. Those are very obvious facts. But how else does the left hurt minority groups? We talked about this a lot with the Electoral College. The left has traditionally taken a stand, the Democratic Party, against the Electoral College and going more for the popular vote. And if you haven't listened to that episode in regards to the Electoral College, I recommend you go back and listen to it and how the left really has hurt minority groups by promoting this idea of a popular vote. That minorities have a stronger voice through the Electoral College and that would obviously be a promotion of the party on the right. Not only this, but the left has repeatedly hurt and held down minority groups through the concepts and the principles of identity politics, this multiculturalism, and this intersectionality, this type of politics where we do not engage in free discussion, basically relating idea to idea, but we define ourselves by certain categories. Well, I may be a Christian and you're a Muslim, or I may be white and you're black, so therefore your opinion on this certain subject matters more. It's this identity politics that really now the free discussion of ideas and trying to figure out what the best solution is, is hemmed in. It's not really allowed as freely because it's suppressed through this intersectionality that the left promotes and it's hurtful to minority groups. They would also, I would argue, do this through the victimization type mentality. We talked a lot about all these different reports that show single fatherhood as the greatest thing harming the black community or minority groups in general and a two-parent family system is the greatest indicator of success in America. But the idea of promoting victimization, that you are not responsible for your actions or that you cannot help your state in this country through self-responsibility. It is extremely harmful to all those that are really promote this idea of victimization or fall into this trap, but especially minority groups. And then just lastly, for time's sake, the left hurts minority groups through the promoting of open borders. Now, this may seem kind of contradictory to you, but what I mean by open borders mostly, it's a drug issue. We know that minority groups are disproportionately affected by drugs, and drugs are more prevalent in certain minority group communities. Not only that, but closed borders have been proven to slur and stop drug spread from other countries. Stronger borders means less drugs pouring in over from the borders, now less drugs in our country, and less hurt into the minority groups. So promoting strong borders actually helps minority groups, which again would be a policy of the right. Those are just a few items I wanted to mention, a few items I wanted to cover in today's episode of The Vast Past to kind of give you a little bit more of an overview, a little bit more confidence in understanding why the Democratic Party has been the party that has hurt minority groups, while the opposite could be true and be said of the Republican Party. Hopefully a refresher for you, hopefully also encouraging to you as well as the hope I gave to you in regards to the upcoming election. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of the show. I'm Josiah Evertson, and this is The Glorious Rescue.